Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the start of preseason football camp and a trip to Italy for the basketball team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse.com football beat writer and friend of the show, Stephen Bailey. Stephen, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Yeah, thanks as always for having me on. I really appreciate it. And Stephen, I want to get you started on this one. I think the biggest storyline of the offseason for the offense has been Eric Dungy heading to the NFL and Tommy DeVito becoming the starting quarterback. It's Tommy's team now, so how has he looked so far in preseason camp? Yeah, certainly a new face, uh, face of the program, and, and you know, I think he looks good. I, I, I don't think we're ever really going to learn much the first week in camp about Tommy DeVito. You know, he's He's a pocket passer, and I think anyone who watches him just throw around warming up can tell that he's a special talent in that regard. Um, to me, the questions are, you know, how, how well can he adjust in a game to things he sees? Um, how quickly will that experience rack up where he maybe understands what's going to happen post-snap and, and avoids potentially making a mistake that will be an interception, you know? So, um, from a leadership role, I think he's extremely well respected. Uh, you know, I think he was kind of setting setting that up during his first two years on campus, building relationships with guys and um, trying to, to hold people accountable uh, to, to kind of the level he could. So, you know, I think everything um, that, that could be going right for, for Tommy so far is, but, you know, we're, we're really going to learn how ready he is, um, you know, once the season gets started. Now, another question for the offense has been the offensive line. There's been an undisclosed injury to center Sam Heckel, which has caused some shifting. Aaron Cervais went from center to tackle, now back to center. Ryan Alexander, graduate transfer, is coming in, but he's not at the top of the depth chart yet. Stephen, please make sense of all this for us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is to me, this is the biggest concern, aside from losing DeVito long-term, because the backup quarterback situation isn't great. Uh, you know, the offensive line really needs to play well in the strength of the team last year, but you lose three starters, Aaron Roberts, a guard, and both of your tackles, and Coda Martin and Cody Conway. And I, I, I think what the staff wants is to finally push Aaron Service from center to tackle, play Sam Heckle at center, um, you return Evan Adams at guard, a, a three-year starter. Um, and you mentioned Ryan Alexander, a graduate transfer from South Alabama. Uh, I think he's kind of the other the other starting tackle, and I've actually heard some really good things uh, about his summer performance and, and early in this camp. Um, some promising things that make me think that he is, you know, really going to fill in at, at one of those tackle spots. So that obviously leaves you with the fifth lineman, one of the guard spots. Uh, they're, they're working with Darius Tisdale, junior college edition there on the first team on Monday. Uh, but they also really like Dakota Davis, a redshirt sophomore who worked with the ones all the spring. So. That's the ideal situation, but now with Heckle out and you know Dino Bayless does not provide any additional information after practice, Aaron Service goes 
back to center. Um, and Carlos Veterello, a redshirt freshman who was who was playing tackle in the spring, is now back to tackle. He was working as as a reserve center for the first week or so of fall camp here. So, you know, Syracuse has cross trained a lot a lot of the guys who have been on campus multiple years. This isn't new for them, but I I really do think they want to pick a five and settle in with it. And you know, this is a group that really can't afford an injury, especially multiple injuries. You know. Um, so that's what the line looks like right now. Uh, we we will see, you know, if that changes when you know Syracuse opens Week One at Liberty on August thirty first. Stephen, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. It seems like another year, another new set of starting linebackers. It's the third straight year that that will be the case. Dino Bapers has employed a lot of five two four sets in his first year at Syracuse, but you reported that he's going to employ more three linebacker sets this year. Where do we stand with this unit? Yeah, so. I think you'll see, again, a couple of seniors fill in and, and Andrew Armstrong and McKean Williams. But Dino basically said he likes his backups better. You know, he, he thinks they're more ready, and, and Michael Jones and Lee Cobb are, are, are right there. Those are two of them, two freshmen early in release. Uh, Mike Hell's right now getting the one reps in four three sets, that third backer coming on. Uh, they also like Juan Wallace, uh, a second-year guy, who's been the backup middle linebacker. Um, so... I don't know if they'll do more four three than four two five. I, I I still think that'll be matchup based, and their secondary is one of the strengths of the team. So I think getting five guys on the field from that group is is still something they'll value, especially when you've got someone like Trill Williams in the nickel, who is almost as big as a linebacker, but obviously much better in coverage. Uh, but I do think we'll see more rotating for sure, and that's something that Syracuse has not done at the linebacker position under Babers at all even when it was uh, Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett. And last year with, with Ryan Guthrie and Kylan Whitner, they really didn't rotate. And I think that's kind of hampered the next group that hampered Guthrie and Whitner. And I, and I think Armstrong and uh, Lakeem Williams, to an extent, are going to see some of that, although Armstrong did play some last year. But uh, I, I just think they like their depth a little bit better. And uh, to me, if, if you're looking for one guy to kind of pop out, Michael Jones is the one I've got circled. I'm really interested to see how he handles those early season uh, opportunities. Steven, one of the biggest reasons for the success of the defense last year was because of that front four. And for the most part, they're coming back. The one guy who isn't coming back is Chris Slayton, now with the NFL's New York Giants. Can they replicate that success without him this year? You know, I think they're in position to, to have a similar season. Definitely a defensive end. You know, there are no questions there. Kendall Coleman, Alton Robinson are, are two of the best pass rushers in the ACC. You know, maybe the nation. Um, both of them had 10 sacks last year. Kingsley Jonathan gets really overlooked. Um, he had five sacks last year as a backup. and I mean, he's, he's ready to go out there and, and contribute again. They really like Tyrell Richards, who's kind of a versatile guy, D-end, uh, linebacker, hybrid. Uh, they used him a lot on third downs last year, so that group is is talented and deep. You know, they've 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 got two sets of guys who are really really good, and, and then Brandon Barry, who was also uh, who's contributed the last couple of years. To me, the big question is on the interior. You've got three guys who you like: McKinley Williams, Josh Black, and KJ Ruff, and then not a lot of proven bodies. So if one of those guys gets hurt, you got you got a question on your hands. You just kind of not sub and play the other two a lot? Do you put one of your backups on the field who isn't really someone you trust out there? Do you move one of the bigger defensive ends inside? Do you do some kind of combination of those three things to 
to, to fix that hole. So to me, that's the group that I'm kind of watching is those interior linemen. And I think the margin for error there is, is a lot more thin than it is with the end. And Steven, we'll get you out of here on this one. There's more expectation for this Syracuse football team than any for at least the last 20 years. They won 10 games last year. FanDuel, for whatever reason, put them at five and a half wins to start the season. So where do you see them ending with that win total? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know, we've talked about the, the biggest variables here, right? Team health, particularly at quarterback, also at offensive line, interior defensive line, linebacker. You know, this this is a team that if it avoids injury in the wrong spots, could win 10 games. You know, it's it's not that hard to draw it up, you know. And, and look, if, if they find a way to beat Clemson, nothing is necessarily off the table. If you suffer an injury or two at one of the wrong positions, well, maybe you're looking at seven, eight wins, maybe nine wins. So I, I forgot what I predicted them for. I think it was nine. I think I predicted them to go nine and three. Um and yeah, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably stick with that. You know, if they can avoid serious injury, this is easily the softest schedule Dino Babers has faced in his four years on campus. They should be four and zero non-conference. Um, and then obviously, you know, Florida State should be better this year, but not the Florida State of, of, of a few years ago. Louisville is, is going through a serious rebuild. Um, you know, the ACC Atlantic isn't what it was a few years ago. Uh, so I think the opportunity really is there for them to put together another very successful season. Stephen, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Again, our great friend Stephen Bailey from Syracuse.com doing an incredible job of covering the football team. Enjoy the start of the football season. We'll speak with you soon. Sounds great, Wes. Thanks again for having me on. Great stuff from our friend Stephen Bailey, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. A little confused by the calendar. It's August, but it almost feels like November. Not only is football getting underway, but basketball, in a sense, really is also getting underway as well. And Brad, you just mentioned basketball, so let's get right to it. There's been a little bit of Italian flair in central New York right now because the Syracuse basketball team is heading to Italy for several exhibition games. It seems like it'll be a great way for this young team to get some experience against different types of competition. What are you looking to take away from that trip? Well, certainly excitement for the upcoming season because that's what, the, what the, these games are going to bring. We're going to see uh, the, the new players coming in, at least the ones that are eligible, uh, that were able to secure visas and, and able to make the international trip. Uh, in the case of Merrick Ozai, uh, you know, being cautious with a hand injury. So we won't see the, the, the full roster uh, in the games, but it, it brings – a sense that the season is around the corner. Uh, Jim Beheim has is, is talked up the, the bunch of freshmen coming in, is making you know contributions as the season goes, goes on. And so anytime you hear him say things like that, it makes you excited because you know that the staff is going to develop these uh, talented players as they come in. So the opportunity to also see the games in this uh, day and age of, of streaming and live events, no matter where something an event is taking place around the world, is is also fun and intriguing for Syracuse fans. So it brings you know the beginning of the season, and I, I think uh, you know kind of a, a, a program in a little bit of a transition with, with four new starters, Wes, and I, I really am interested to see how they they're going to use these games against you know some, some talented athletes. Uh, to, to get the team to start gelling together. 
Brad, you brought up Marek Dolajai not being able to play because of that hand injury. I think that's actually a blessing in disguise for Syracuse because we know what we're going to get out of Dolajai at this point as a rising junior. What I think this does is open up some opportunities for the younger guys like a Robert Braswell, a Jesse Edwards, or even a Quincy Guerriere. So I don't think Dolajai not being able to play in August is necessarily a bad thing, right? I, I agree totally because it, it not only does it open up uh, you know, playing time for, for the younger players you mentioned also gives a sense of, you know, what could possibly happen during the course of a regular season. Players do get injured. Uh, it, it, you know, it never, it never fails to happen. So there's always uh, juggling of lineups. Uh, Jim Beheim's a master of doing it when, when, when his hand is forced because of injury, suspension, transfer, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and also in that respect, uh, you know, gives us a look ahead to that. And uh, you also want to be cautious. I mean, these are games, uh, exhibition games after all. So you, you want to make sure that everyone's going to be intact. It's, you know, preseason practice is, you know, long six weeks. And this season starts early. And I've been saying this is a season that starts like no other since going back to, to as I looked up, 2003, 2004, <laughs> opening up against, you know, the defending national champion. But whether they were or not in Virginia, opening up against that kind of competition right out of the bat. So you have four exhibition games in Italy, two exhibition games there in late October, and right to face that kind of competition. So I'm intrigued with that being at the end of the storyline, November 6th, Virginia in the Dome, to use these games, really. It's a starting point now here in August in Italy. Brad, let's shift topics. You wrote about it in your Orange Watch this week, but it's the end of the Carrier Dome as we know it. There's a huge crane and construction has started there. It's going to change the fan experience dramatically, and it seems like a step in the right direction for all of Syracuse athletics. It's the step into the you know, 2020 decade for, for, for entertainment on the Syracuse campus, no doubt about that. The other interesting take I've had this summer about the Dome construction, Wes, is when I was at ACC Media Day in Charlotte, talking to, is of course, plenty of Newhouse graduates in the media that were attending that event from around the, uh, the ACC territory, and, and having breakfast and lunch with some of the media members, talking with them about, hey, you know, this is the last year of the Dome with the air-supported roof and exiting and uh, with a swoosh of the air and all of that. And you know, many of them, oh, that's right, I did remember reading about that, but now it's crept up and it's really here. So it's an awareness factor. Of course, everyone in central New York and upstate New York, you know, from Buffalo to Albany knows about it. But, you know, it's amazing that a lot of Syracuse fans are just not caught up with it around the rest of the ACC footprint. But, yeah, big change is coming. And it's going to happen with that Clemson game uh, on September 14th with the, all the, the, the orange signs and cones and, and the protective barriers, et cetera. And it's really going to make it interesting uh, for this football season uh, as the season goes on and you know, Syracuse winning football games and, and large crowds for the six home games, uh, at least, you know, maybe not Holy Cross, but at least the, the other five, uh, you know, how, how everyone's going to be you know, traversing around the area of the Carrier Dome. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, I'm going to look at to the football opener coming up. Boy, it's coming quick, Wes. August 31st in Lynchburg, Virginia, 6 p.m. kickoff against Liberty. And, you know, Syracuse fans, of course, thinking Clemson, the home opener, and why not? There's so much excitement for that. But as the coaching staff knows, first game's first. And on the road, anytime you start on the road, uh, it's always a challenge. And 
Uh, Dino Babers had, had told an interesting story at ACC Media Day about openers against coaches and personnel maybe he's not totally familiar with. Hugh Freeze makes his debut as Liberty coach in that game, former Ole Miss head coach. And uh, Babers told the story about caution, that when he was at Eastern Illinois with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback in 2012, they opened up the season at San Diego State, 21-point underdogs against an Aztec team that had won its conference championship uh, the year before. And uh, Babers had a couple of players on his roster that uh, San Diego State did not have film of with FCS transfer rules. These were new players, very talented, skilled position players. And uh, long story short, uh, Eastern Illinois went out to San Diego State, and not only did they uh, cover, they won outright by 21 points. So his point being, one game at a time, uh, a crafty old veteran head coach and Hugh Freeze, some talented skill position players opening up on the road. Caution, one game at a time. Liberty's up first, August 31st. That's my final thought. Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse defensive end Jay Pickard, who was medically disqualified early in this week from football for an unresolved injury. Pickard played only 11 games in his college career and was actually a Scott Schaefer recruit. I just hope the best for him and that he regains his health at some point. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I find a shirt is most similar to a napkin when I don't have a napkin. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.